Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Anonymous Andrew with you once again. Welcome. Life and the choices we make. So today we have a guest. His name is Kevin Palmieri. And Kevin is the CFO of uh, Next Level University. And he has a podcast that puts out an episode seven days a week. And I find that to be... uh, I, listen, I do two a week, maybe three at the most, and it's a lot of work, folks. But I'm sure he's got a team behind him. Anyway, Kevin, coming up next, an amazing story and an amazing concept, and I hope you enjoy this interview. We'll talk to you on the other side, and don't forget to leave me a review. Content. Ciao. Hello, everybody. Anonymous Andrew back with you with another episode. And today I have a special guest, and I am really excited to talk to this gentleman. Joining us is Kevin Palmieri. Good morning, Kevin. Andrew, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Saturday while we record this. Excited to chat. Yes, it is a Saturday morning. (laughs) Uh, Kevin, you're the founder and CFO of Next Level University. Can you explain to us what that is? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's somewhat complicated. So the easiest way to explain it is it is a global top 100 podcast. Uh, we just recorded our 1400th episode. We wow. do an episode every single day. And our ultimate goal is to bring holistic self-improvement to the masses. That's why we do it once a day, because if if we can claim that you can get a little bit better every day, the least that we can do is be in your pocket every day. So underneath that, we have a coaching business and a lot of other things, but I, I had success in my mid twenties. I was miserable. I ended up sitting on the edge of a bed contemplating suicide. After that, I said, I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. And I ended up leaving all of that behind and going full time into podcasting, even though at the time (laughs) the podcast that I had was not successful. I think I was like 15 episodes in, but much much like you said behind the scenes, it was fulfilling to me. There was something about this podcast thing where I can talk into a microphone, express my feelings, get other people to express theirs, and hopefully have an impact that I just became addicted to. Well, you just told my story as mm-hmm. we uh, Kevin and I were chatting before we recorded. Yes, that's where I found myself nine, ten months ago post-relationship uh, that I was in. Um, um Although this time I did not, you know, you mentioned contemplating suicide. I have, I've had those thoughts many times over my life. So what, so you started a podcast and so that, that particular one is no longer on or 
it has morphed into morphed. what we have. Yeah, yeah, it, it morphed. So what happened for me, Andrew, I made, at 26, I made $100,000 at my job. And I assumed, much like I think most people do, all of the quote-unquote external successes were going to fix the internal voids, the low self-worth, lack of belief, insecurity, fear, all of that stuff. What ended up happening was I realized that for most of my life, and especially that year, I was unconscious. I was living completely unconsciously. Mm. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. That's when I started a podcast called The Hyperconscious Podcast. I fell in love with podcasting mm. as I fell out of love with my job. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to grind my face off like I did. I made the money, but I know that doesn't fix the problems. There has to be something else. So that's what really happened was I was getting tugged in two directions at the same time. And eventually it got to the point where my mental health broke and I was having a lot of negative, really negative thoughts. Wow. Well, again, you're telling my story because I have a job. It's okay. It supports my lifestyle. Um, but I, like you just said, I found love in podcasting. I've always been a podcast listener and I've always wanted one. And I didn't realize how easy it was just to jump on Amazon and order a microphone and a, <laughs> and a studio kit. And 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 now I love it. And and it's almost, an, like you said, an obsession where I would love to make this my job, um, although I, at this point it's not possible. So take it, tell us. So you went, you started one that went 15 episodes in, but it wasn't taking you to where you, where you wanted to go. So you sound like me a little bit. I, I inside I was empty. I have this job. I have this money. I, I I have a life, but there's something missing. I'm I'm still not where I'd like to be. How do yeah. we get there? How does Next Level University help us do that? Yeah, I mean the the thought process behind everything that we do is a lot of the problems that we think are external or internal, right? There's a million articles on how to make more money. There's a million articles on how to be more consistent. There's a million articles on how to lose weight. Whatever it is. The, the reality for most of us is none of that is actually external. Most of it starts internal. So this is what I would say. When anybody wakes up in, in the morning or has a moment where they say, oh my goodness, I really want to change my life. Even that statement, I want to change my life. That's like saying, I want to, I want to completely renovate this building. It's too much of an ask that early. What I always suggest is we break things down to the smallest, smallest, smallest amount of progress possible because I think we overcomplicate things and we say, okay, you know what? This is it. I'm going to go to the gym every single day. I'm going to track every calorie. I'm going to get back on dating apps. I'm going to track my finances. I'm going to reach out to my old friends. I'm going to do all this stuff. That is not sustainable for most of us. The reason we are where we are today is most likely not because we did something drastic yesterday. It's probably because we didn't do positive things for a long period of time. It trickles. Everything is a trickle effect. It trickles and it trickles and it trickles, and eventually it cuts through the rock. So what I would, what I always advise to people is we have to break it down to the smallest viable belief. So maybe right now you don't believe you are capable of fully changing your life. Fine. That it doesn't work that way anyway. There are things that make up your life. So what is one thing you could do? You start reading five pages a day. Awesome. You, you know, reach out to somebody that was in your past that you miss once a week. Awesome. 
You track your weight when you wake up in the morning. You track the amount of water you're drinking. I literally say start with one of those things. Simple. My, my thought around this is sustainability first, consistency second, improvement third. Even if we were use podcasting as an analogy, we both love it, we're on a podcast. If I came to you, Andrew, and I said, oh, you want to be like me? All right, cool. Go do seven episodes a week. That's what you have to do to get like me. No, that's not true. What you have to do is you have to do one episode a week. You have to start sustainably. You have to do that consistently until it becomes manageable. And then you have to focus on improvement. That is life. And I think we we live in a society where you see a one-minute clip on social media and it's like, this is how you change your life today. No. No. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. No. We, I think what happens is the awareness that we have, so we get this new awareness and it kind of collapses time where it, you wake up and you say, oh my goodness, everything I'm doing is wrong. I need to fix, I need everything to be right. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. We got to plant no. the first seed. So I am a huge advocate of setting micro goals because I believe the level of your goals is co connected to the level of your belief in self. That is a firm belief I have just based on all the people I've worked with. So long, long, long answer short, we have to figure out what is the smallest viable belief you have and what is one behavior we can stack on that belief. It does not have to be big. It has to be sustainable. Okay, I'm going to throw, and that sounds great. And, and I've actually been doing that. Uh, when I started this podcast, I got a little too uh, ambitious and I ended up one week, I had 15 guests that I had to record and edit and and it turned my life upside down for the first couple mm -hmm. of months because I was overwhelmed. And, and then I realized I have to manage that scheduling better, like mm -hmm. you said. But let's let's go back a little, little bit step further because you mentioned something that, caught my attention there is I, you i forget how you put it but you have to have a belief in yourself mm -hmm. and self-respect and self-worth and self-love and i've been focusing on trying to get that back not to drag my last relationship into this because i've, I've been doing that for 50 episodes but this woman broke me in half and took away myself well i i gave her the power to take away my self-dignity. All of everything you just mentioned, starting slow, baby steps, one step, you know, one ma manageable concepts. But if you don't have self-dignity or self-respect or self-love, how do we start building from, you need, you need that first. Y yeah, yeah. So what I have found is usually that starts from two things. One, building self-trust. And that, that's where the taking action is connected. So I always say this as an analogy. You're most likely not going to do a paint job on a car that has four flat tires. doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense. To, you have to worry about the tires first. I think a lot of us are the same way where you're not really going to invest in self if you don't believe in the value of self. So what I always talk about first is we have to visit the past. And I know you mentioned that that's something you're going through right now and dealing with. A lot of people, usually what I've seen is something happens in childhood for all of us. I mean, we all have childhoods and we do not have any control over what happens to us usually. But where we're planted, who we're planted with. Usually something will happen and one of two things happens. People are either told they're amazing, incredible, handsome, beautiful, they're going to be successful, they can do anything they believe. And they usually end up with high, higher self-worth. 
or you're trash, you're never going to succeed, you're ugly, you're stupid, I wish you weren't my my child, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's going to end up being low self-worth. Now, here's the problem. High self-worth attracts high self-worth. Low self-worth attracts toxicity, usually. So the first relationship we find is usually toxic. Yep. And then we assume that's all I deserve, all I deserve, all I deserve. I've heard so many people say this. I attract negative people into my life. Yes, but many people attract negative people into their life, but low self-worth doesn't filter them out. Everybody attracts into their life. Not everybody filters. And I think that's what self-worth really does. It allows you to say, I am more worthy than what you're offering. I am more worthy than the treatment I'm getting. So usually what I would say is, number one, we have to visit the past and figure out where does the self-worth thing actually come from? Because it's usually not the thing that just happened. There's, There's usually a bunch of stuff under that. And then what I always suggest is, and it depends on the person, but setting boundaries has been super, super important for me because when, when, so if Andrew and I had this conversation at the beginning where we only have 45 minutes, we both have a hard stop at the top of the hour. Say we just rolled through it. And in the back of my mind, it's like, I should really get off this, right? I have another interview. I have a coaching call, whatever it is. I'm going to resent myself for not having the courage to do it. And I'm going to resent you for not helping me keep my boundary. And that's actually going to lower my self-worth. In that moment, I have that conversation with myself. I should really stand up for myself. But if you don't do it, I think it actually takes away. So I would say looking at what are the boundaries you currently have in your life with certain people, places, things, ideas, feelings, I think that's one of the best places to start. Because to your point, it's very hard to build belief if you're not, if you don't feel like you're worth investing into. But the boundaries thing, we work with a lot of people who have low self-worth and low self-belief. I don't think it's a coincidence that they usually have overbearing families and or overbearing partners or overbearing friends. I don't think that's a coincidence. No. Uh, and that's, that's again, you're uh, telling my story in a sense. Uh, I, I guess I've had, uh, you, you mentioned the childhood trauma, you know, we we were talking a little bit earlier about you you made some money in the twenties and you know I came from um, a, a well family. My father was a doctor and I and I went to good schools. I had a nice upbringing, uh, very little to no trauma in my upbringing. Uh, that was a nice childhood, and money I had wasn't a problem. Yet I turned out to be the black sheep of the family. I'm the one. So I, I'm the oldest of four, uh, three younger sisters. Uh, all of them are doing great. My parents raised four children, of which three of them turned out great. The fourth one, or the first one, myself, is the black sheep, the alcoholic, the one with bipolar, the one that has not, uh, I, I want to say shine, uh, or, or has has risen to the top and excelled. And like, like I discussed with you earlier before we recorded, I'm 63. I woke up and I said, what am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm not where I'd like to be in my life. And, and I look back at the last 40 years and say, I've wasted 40 years of my life. So I have got to establish, well, let's keep this in. I want to talk to the audience. We have to establish those boundaries first. Um, which I am not good at. I will, mm. I will, I will admit that right up front. So, 
how does one start to establish boundaries? So let's take this example at 10 o'clock uh, at, at the top of the hour. If, if, if it's five to 10 and we have to wrap it up, but we're in the middle of a conversation and I'm thinking, oh, I, I got to wrap this up. How to, but I don't want to interrupt you. You know, is that a boundary? Is that something? Yeah, this is this is my advice. We already both did it. We did it at the beginning of the interview. You already yeah. set your boundary. Yeah. You set it in the beginning. That's one of the things I always do is like when I go to a, let's just say hypothetically, I go to a family event. I go in and I say, just a heads up, I have to leave at noon because I have a business call. I have a team meeting. I'm, I'm going to, because in a way, you're setting the boundary right off the bat and you're kind of eliminating the opportunity for resistance later. Now, can it still happen? Absolutely. But at least now I am aware of your boundary and you are aware of my boundary. So I'm not going to break rapport at the end when I say, Andrew, heads up, there's only three minutes left because I know you want the same thing. That's part one. Here's the other thing. And this is the part that sucks. Some people in our lives don't really care about our boundaries because yeah. they actually directly benefit from us not having them. So one of the most important things I think early is figuring out, are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? We have people in our lives who might not deserve to be in our lives. Maybe we used to party together. Maybe we used to go to the gym. Maybe we used to work together, whatever. It doesn't mean that you're what's best for me in my future. That is a really important step for anybody who's looking to grow or change because you might not even know the people in your life are holding you back. And I mean, let's be real. The only way relationships succeed, any relationships, intimate, business, friends, is if both people are willing to work on what's not working. And if you have negative people in your life, you might be swimming up creek without a paddle in rapids, and you might not be able to break through those boundaries. So I always say you have to start with someone safe. You have to start with something easy. That's always kind of my, my frame. I'm very blessed that I have a business partner who never has never ever peer he's peer pressured me one time to stay at somebody's house and eat pizza but he regrets it and he talks about it all the time it's the one time he's done it he's never done it other than that and i'll never do it to him it's really easy for us to set boundaries with each other it's almost like training wheels so you got to find someone who can kind of be your training wheels i really think that because even in that self-talk i'm the i'm the black sheep i'm the outcast i wonder if you're allowing that to stop you from connecting with really positive people who would be really good for you because you might not think you deserve it. You know, that's interesting because that you're not the first person to say that. Um, actually, a family uh, member used those exact words to me that I don't think I deserve it. Let's talk about vulnerability mm. because vulnerability, um, why is it so important? Why is it? Like starting like what 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 you and I are doing, podcasting, basically is being vulnerable. I come on here and I tell all my secrets. I tell all my thoughts. I I, I I'm an open book. Like and in the beginning, you said to me, "You're an open book." Mm. Why is that so important? A vulnerability is the truth. At the end of the day, being vulnerable is being real. It's being truthful. It's being authentic. It's being brave. It's important because if we go through our lives living in a reality that isn't real, we're never going to get to the root of what's actually real. It, that's it. I mean, number one, it's important because it requires you to be truthful with self. 
you cannot be vulnerable until you're vulnerable with yourself first. With yourself. Yeah. Right. So it allows you the opportunity to look at things and own them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was on me. Or wow, I'm not showing up the way I want as a partner. Wow, I'm not showing up the way I want when it comes to fitness, whatever. But that's that's a conversation with yourself first. I think one of the reasons it's really hard for many people to be vulnerable is because they're not actually vulnerable with themselves. When you're vulnerable with yourself and you know the truth of yourself and you can accept the successes and you can own the quote unquote failures and mistakes, it's far easier to do that with other people. If I know I messed up, I don't really care if you know. I know I did. Right. You're not going to tell me anything. I don't know. I know. I sucked. I made a mistake. I misspoke. I My temper flared. The other part of this is unless you're vulnerable, nobody can actually treat you the way you deserve to be treated because they don't know how you actually feel. Nobody is going to be able to read our mind. Mm. Nobody knows what you're thinking right now. Nobody knows what I'm thinking right now unless I tell you. You know, if so here's here's my thought. If I came on here Andrew and I said, "Hey, just a heads up, I'm having a rough day. If my energy seems off at all, that's why. Like I love you, I'm I'm grateful to be here. I want to add value, but if you sense anything, that's why." That's me being vulnerable. If I don't say that, I'm going to be thinking the whole time, "Does Andrew know I'm off?" I wonder if Andrew thinks I'm off right now. Am I actually adding value? Or are we connecting? Vulnerability allows you to connect and it allows you to be present and it allows you to stay connected to the person. So the the level of truth you have with yourself is going to dictate the level of truth you're capable of having with others. And that's why it's so important. And here's the other thing too. Again, going back to relationships, you're going to realize very quickly who you can actually be vulnerable with. And you're going to realize there's some people who aren't going to resonate with that. You're going to realize other people are waiting for you to be vulnerable so they can be vulnerable with you. And the level of the vulnerability is usually directly connected to the level of the quality in the relationship. That's just usually how it works. I couldn't agree more. And so I, I, I have an image in my mind. So we've, we've talked about vulnerability um, boundaries and uh, let's just say self-respect or self or self-dignity. It's a tricky minefield when let's talk about maybe starting dating and 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 uh, I guess for example, I just this last relationship, I don't I have trust issues now. So if I start dating somebody and I want to establish boundaries at in on at the onset, but also be vulnerable. Do you see where I'm going there? It's a little mm -hmm. so to establish boundaries is saying like you like you had mentioned before, but being vulnerable. There's a there's a question in there somehow, but I'm not sure how to how to ask that. How do you be vulnerable and yet, or be, how do you establish boundaries? with somebody and yet be vulnerable at the same time. Yeah. So this happened to me in one of my past relationships. My partner was talking to another individual. I don't know if anything physical ever happened. I don't know, but that definitely was a huge trust issue for me. I was, I couldn't believe it. It, I had huge trust issues. It was a whole thing for me. So as I started to understand that, and as I started to learn that like, this is really becoming potentially negative for future relationships, one of the things I would say, and this is kind of how it would go. 
hey, just a heads up, I had somebody in my past who I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know if they were super faithful. When you have your phone upside down, it triggers me. And I would just start that, I would just start that conversation. And, but again, Andrew, here's the thing. This is the hard, the hard part. Not everybody's going to respond the same way. Yeah. There's no pot. There's no way I could ever guarantee if you and I had that conversation, I'd respond the same way as somebody else, but it depends. Some people might say, oh, you know what? That's weak or what you're broken. Some people might say that other people might say, yeah, that's happened to me too. I understand. Or wow. I'm so grateful you're vulnerable because I've never experienced that before in a relationship. It almost is kind of a roll of the dice, unfortunately. And that's the sad, that's the challenging part. I don't want to say it's a sad part. That's the challenging part is everything we're talking about is not just you. It's you and somebody else. That's why relationships are so hard mm -hmm. because one, we have a relationship with ourselves. Two, we have a relationship with the other person. Three, yep. we have a relationship <clears throat> with a relationship. So that's the best advice I can give. I would just say, hey, can I share something vulnerably? Then I would share whatever the trigger, the trigger or the trauma is that you're trying to create the boundary around because at least they have an understanding. I don't know. A lot of people are told not to talk about their pasts. If you're trying to have a relationship with somebody who's a very conscious individual, you're probably going to want to talk about your past because that's the reason everything is the way it is today. Our past defines, or maybe not, that's not the right word. Our past is a compilation of who we are today, which is what, what lands me in the spot where I'm at. My past is where I am today, and I'm not happy as to where I am today. And it's because of my drinking, my reckless patterns of of seeking or choosing the wrong women. You know, it's funny you were talking about turning the phone upside down. I, I had that exact conversation with my ex uh, a year into the relationship. She would always put the phone face down. Yep. And one day I, I picked up my phone and I handed it to her. And I said, the passcode is XYZ. And I just want you to know that if you ever need to, uh, if we're out and uh, I don't know, I, I, I fall and you need to get in touch with one of my emergency contacts, you need to get into my phone to call because she didn't have those numbers. And so I was being vulnerable. I was saying, here's my phone, here's my passcode. And by the way, I have nothing to hide because I'm handing you my phone. I'm not talking mm -hmm. to anybody. You, you had mentioned that you were in a relationship with somebody might have been talking with somebody else. Mm -hmm. The answer that I got from her, and I said to her, are you willing to do the same thing? Give me your phone. Uh, not that I'm going to go through it, but would you hand me your phone? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, well, there are things on there that you wouldn't understand that it would be difficult to explain to you. Mm. You know, and that's a gaslighting answer. That's an answer that uh, I'm not willing to. She wasn't willing to be vulnerable with her. I guess her privacy. Um, just interesting you would mention that because I had that exact same conversation with with that person. So yeah, that's where we start. I guess establishing boundaries. Um, what one of my issues I have with relationships is 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 honesty and and, and faithfulness, like you had mentioned. Um, I was speaking to a new woman that I met on a dating app 
just a couple of nights ago. And one of the first things that I said to her is I can smell a lie a mile away. I have very good intuition and I do. And I said, I just will not tolerate dishonesty. And, and so it, I guess that's establishing a boundary right up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, if now, you lie, go ahead. Could, could, so this is what I've seen this happen too. I think of almost everything we do is kind of a pendulum. So if you find yourself waking up one day and saying, you know what? F it. I got to start setting boundaries. Sometimes we might overswing Mm -hmm. and we might set too much of a boundary and that might turn that person off potentially because it might be too much of a boundary too quick. Anytime you're working with a tool. And when I say tool, I just mean, um, you know, knowledge, practice, awareness that you haven't used before. There is an opportunity to damage many things. I, this happens all the time when we will bring somebody on our team and our team is just the most positive space in the world. And sometimes people will get a little bit of an ego because they've never been poured into at the level that we pour into them. And I always give them a disclaimer. Just be very, very careful because you're going to gain self-worth, self-belief and a community very quickly. And if you don't know how to use it, you're going to paint over things you might not want to. And it's just that happens. So that's the other thing is, and I don't know if there's any solution for this. I think this is the course of being a human. When we're, when we swing the pendulum one way and we get taken advantage of, oftentimes we go super cold on the other way. So we just have to be very, very, very conscious of that. I, somebody I know personally, they got their heart broken and they wouldn't admit they got their heart broken, but they went very toxic. They're, they, they're posting a bunch of toxic stuff, like mm-hmm. hyper-masculine stuff that isn't probably healthy for where they are in life. It, but I understand. I have empathy for that because they just swung the other way. So I always I always throw that disclaimer out there because, again, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to balance out what we've done or what we've experienced or what we felt. And usually we think it's the polar opposite that we have to do. I think it's usually somewhere in the middle. We call it the drive to five. Zero, ten, those are the polarities. Five's the center, right? Five is confident but humble, you know, so having accurate self-worth. That, that type of stuff. So I think it's really good to set that boundary, but I wonder what, it, I don't know what the other person would think. Maybe they would respond positively. Maybe not. They might, it might be too much too soon. I don't know. Interesting. Many, 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 many thoughts are going through my head at this point. Uh, okay. So tell us, um, th- I'm I'm fascinated with all this just because this is this is what I'm looking for. Um, I, I need to establish self-worth. I need to learn how to establish boundaries and uh, learn how to balance my vulnerability, because sometimes I think I'm a little too vulnerable too quickly, too much. Um, mm-hmm. I think I got to learn how to you talked about sharing your past. I might overshare my past. Sometimes there's things in my past that don't necessarily need to be told to somebody new, let's say dating experience um, too early, too fast. Um, Okay. Wow. Tell us a little bit about, so let's talk about you and uh, next level university. Mm. What, who is your target I guess, population or, or customers or client base. 
I came to you, what would I be asking for? Most of our clients, believe it or not, are female. So I'd say 75 wow. to 80% of our audience is, is female. You never guess that as a tattooed bodybuilder who loves <laughs> mixed martial arts and fighting. <laughs> I think it's probably much to your point because we're vulnerable and we try to be very authentic and, and transparent. Uh, usually it's this, a lot of what we're talking about today. It's usually many people come and say, I want insert external result here. I want to make more money. I want to have a better relationship. I want to have a better body. I want to blah, blah, better business, all that it's usually the internal stuff that we're talking about. So we're talking a lot about self-worth. We're talking a lot about self-belief. We're talking a lot about consistency. We're talking a lot about habits, family, toxicity, uh, self-esteem, self-trust. That really is, it's almost like we're trying to dig into the identity level of the person because I can give you all the tactics and tricks in the world, but if it doesn't land at your identity, it doesn't really matter. No. So- it's mostly that people think that the reason they're not getting external results is external factors. When in reality, it's, it's stuff like that. Usually that's usually what we see. I had a client the other day who wrote a book, has a podcast, you know, doing well in life. And he said, I cannot for the, for the sake of anything post on social media about the podcast, I'm struggling. And we dug and we dug and we dug. And I said, have you, how many copies of your book have you sold? And he said, Oh, I don't know. I don't promote it. It's like, okay, interesting. Yeah. I said, you you seem to struggle promoting the stuff that's the closest to your heart, right? He said, yeah. And we dug and we dug and we dug and we dug. And eventually I said, can I just ask a question? I just want to, I just I have a feeling, intuition, right? I have, I have this intuition. I said, were you raised in either a very judgmental family, environment, household, you know, uh, culture? And he said, all of those things. And I said, you were probably told to stay small and not talk about yourself. And he said, yep. And I said, if you spoke too loud or you were too braggadocious, you were considered cocky. And he said, yep. And I said, that's your problem. It's not social media. Social media is just a, no. that's an external thing. So that's just an example of, usually we think it's external stuff. More often than not, it's internal stuff that we haven't either found or worked on yet. Processed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's the typical, typical journey for us. Okay. So, uh, you have, so I guess Next Level University is a coaching practice or yeah. life-changing? Yeah, that's the goal, right? The goal is, you know, we have a bunch of free stuff and because a lot of people, you know, they can't afford a coach yet. Cool. The podcast is always free. We do an episode every single day. We have monthly events that we do that are totally free on Zoom. We have free courses on the website. We have all that stuff, Facebook group. And then we have one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, live events, retreats. And then we have some other businesses attached to the business as well. But most of it is, yeah, how do we, how do we help this person get to the next level of their life? Whether that's listening to the, the podcast consistently, cool, good for me. I want you to land in the business where you should and not everybody should give us money. Okay. I'm 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 processing all of this. <laughs> You're good. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. I, I what's what's I tell this to many of my guests. Before I started this podcast, I had never even entertained or knew the concept of coaching, life coach. I've heard the term. Uh, I was grown, uh, brought up in, my dad was a doctor and, and I was brought up in traditional um, Western medicine. And so if there was an issue mentally, you go to a therapist or a psychologist or, 
um, this coaching concept has is relatively new, right? In the past 20 yeah. years, mm-hmm. um, it never occurred to me in, in my last, let's say 10 years since I've been sober, it, it, my go-to is either a 12-step meeting or a therapist, but never once did I think maybe I need a coach mm. for my life. And and I'm now learning this in these past, uh, since I started the podcast, all about coaching. So, um, all right, where? so let's wrap this up. Where can sure. um, we find you, you and your partner and your business? Yeah, just, uh, I always say, just search Next Level University. The podcast will come up. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. And then all the information you need is in the show notes of every single one of our episodes. That way, at least you're getting value. It's completely free. I don't want your money unless you listen and you resonate. You know, that's always been kind of my thing is listen to the podcast. That's the best the best place. I do my own emails. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can just shoot me an email, Kevin at nextleveluniverse.com. And uh, I'd love to love to chat. I will put all of this in the show notes. Thank you, my friend. And I will be one of the ones emailing you. Please. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah. No, this is fascinating. It, it, it's the more I hear about it. And, and there's different, obviously there's different types of coaches out there. You have life coach, romantic coach, uh, financial coach, business coach. Uh, you seem that you do all of them. You, you have all them wrapped up into one. We try. It depends on the person, right? And I can only coach to the awareness that I have. So as long as my awareness is higher than who I'm coaching, usually I can add value. But full transparency, I always suggest anytime you're doing any form of like achievement coaching, you have some form of therapy on the back end. Because I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I don't have any of those degrees. So I think it's important to have that just, just for the sake of safety and to make sure you're supported in the way you need to be. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Kevin Palmieri, the C, uh, CFO and founder of Next Level University. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you for coming. And I will put all your information in the show notes. And thank you. Um, let's listen to Kevin's podcast daily. Um, I know that I'll be listening to it on my way to work. I appreciate you, Andrew. My hour commute. So, thank you. All right, Kevin. Have a great day. Thank you for coming. You too. Seven episodes a week. Podcasting is and can be, for many people, a full time job. That's my goal one day is to get out of the IT world um, and become a podcaster. You know, I've been getting a lot of feedback um, from everywhere. Everything from direct messages on Facebook to uh, Instagram, emails, uh, even phone calls from people supporting what I'm doing. Uh so yeah, one day I would like to make this my full-time job. And maybe, I don't know about seven episodes a week, but uh, you know, I got a review a couple days ago from somebody who really enjoyed the concept and said something about um, that 
what she liked about the show was my honesty and my vulnerability, how I just, I'm an open book and I don't hide anything. Um, but in there she hinted that the, the podcast could use some improvement. I think what she was referring to, um, I, actually I'm not sure what she was referring to, but I took it as if it was rough on the edges. And it is, you know, learning at the age of 60 how to put together a show like this, um, you know, not easy, not easy. Um, labor of love, as I always say. But all right, folks, uh, please follow me, subscribe to me and listen to Kevin's podcast. You'll learn a lot until next time. If you need to make a choice. Please, please choose wisely. Ciao.